Yisoyed Gadol Ba'avodis Hashem. This is a huge, tremendous Yisoyed. What's Yisoyed? Foundation. Foundation in Avodis Hashem. What's Avodis Hashem? Service to God. Service to God, exactly. So, first of all, when a person starts off and he tells you, and he's a wise man and he knows everything about Yiddishkeit, and he says, this is a big foundation, a fundamental principle, then we say, huh, what is it? Okay, here it is. Kasha Yehudi Mekaya Mitzvah. When a Jew fulfills a commandment. Kigoyin, for example, Shemis Atif Batzitzis, he wraps himself in tzitzis, Oymaniach Tfilin, or he puts on Tfilin. Af im ein loy zu, even if at that moment that he's doing the mitzvah, he does not have any ha'aris hadas, enlightenment of the mind, virikshay halev, and feelings of his heart. Any intention is nothing. He's not feeling it. He's about to put on his tefillin. He goes like this, puts it on. He's like, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to do this. I have no connection in my mind. You know, he's supposed to be like, oh, I'm going to do right, whatever kavana understanding. Nothing. You want to do this? Not in the mood of doing this at all. Even when you're doing it like a robot, then what? Even if at that moment he does not have intentions in his mind and uplifting feelings, just doing the will of God, that he merited, that he was to fulfill the will of God, that should be the most incredible feeling of pleasure more than anything else. This is his Yisoy God Exactly what you just said. What he says is like this. The fact, and then he's going to explain it and he's going to, he, it's going to be beautiful. You're going to see. But what's the fact? That when you're going to do the will of God, even if you don't want to, you don't know what you're doing, you're not feeling it. Just the fact that before you do it, you say one thing. God said to do this. I am now going to do the will of God. That should make you have the greatest pleasure. And this is the bracha that we make. What do we say every time we're about to do a mitzvah? Baruch atah Hashem. Blessed are you, Hashem. Elekeinu melech Right? The king of the universe. Asher kedishanu, that he made us holy. The mitzvahs of with mitzvahs. Vitzivanu, when he commanded us to do blah, 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 blah. So, just to chazer over. Yerichem, do me a favor. Tell Chaim Silver what we just said. Okay, fine. Pretty much, when a person does, does a mitzvah, right? He doesn't feel the mitzvah at all. The feeling that he should have is that just the fact alone that he's doing what Hashem wanted him to do is, is greater than anything else in the world. Easy enough? Yeah. He says that the fact that God said do something and you do it, even if you're not feeling it, you're not in the mood of it, you don't understand it, that should give you the greatest satisfaction in the world. Okay? And that's what we make a bracha. Thank you, Hashem, you created us and you put Kedusha in the mitzvah and you commanded me to wash my hands, put on titus, whatever it is. Haidaya, thank you, acknowledging the fact, but just on the fact that you told me to do this, and I'm doing it. And really, is there any more pleasure that a flesh and blood that's created, that he is meriting to do the will of God, to wrap himself in tzitzis or to put on tefillin, just the fact that you can be Mekayim, the will of God, should be the greatest thrill in the world to you. Why? Why? Because the greatest pleasure is um, basking in the Shekhinah. Now it's the Shekhinah. Nice. So it's, 
Because you're trying to do God's will, you're getting closer to being like God. Ah, you're getting, you're connecting to Him. If you have a girlfriend, and you like her, and you don't know anything about her, so what are you going to do? You want to get close to her. You're going to find something that she likes, right? You find out that she likes a certain kind of tulips. You're going to buy roses, or you're going to buy tulips? Roses. That's, that's, why, you're, that's why you're still single. <laughs> okay? Now, the rabbis are like the guys in the middle, right? So you have a friend. The friend, you say, do me a favor, tell me what she likes. Because she likes tulips. Not any tulips, white tulips. You want to get closer to her? You're going to run to that store. You're going to be very happy to spend the money. Because, what? She doesn't like, she only likes white ones. If you give her blue ones, very nice, not what she likes. You find from someone who knows what she likes, and you get her what she likes, and then you create a connection to her. Right? The rabbis, they knew what God wants, and they're telling us, if you want to get close to God, this is what you should do. The example that I give for this, okay, who's your favorite movie star, rock star, music star in the world? Shweki. Every day. Let's keep it male. Okay, we'll keep it male for now, okay? <laughs> because we're recording it, alright? <laughs> Who? Okay. Somebody? Weepa. Okay, Weepa. Who's your famous, who's your best, uh... Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa, excellent. David Amalek. David Is he still uh, giving concerts? I didn't know that. Give me somebody. Who's your, your craziest, craziest rock star that you know? Okay, so everybody got one. Yeah, come here. Huh. Who? Akon. Represent. Imagine for a moment that you're at a concert, there's 50,000 people in the stands, and you get great seats, and you're really close to the front. 20 minutes into the concert, you look up at this star who you're like, ah, right? And this star tells you, kid, I need you to do me a favor. There's too much bass. I need you to run out to the back, go upstairs to the thing, knock on the engineer's door, tell him to lower the base, and I need a quarter-inch quarter plug to an eighth-inch plug, because I got to tell the thing, I, I, now! Okay? Your biggest star in the world tells you that. Now, this is going to be you, right? You're going to be like, okay! Maybe I'll go get a Coke first. Right? Is that going to be you? Or are you going to bolt out of there? throw people out of the way. You're going to be like, get out of the way, you're going to run up the stairs, you're going to be dripping sweat, you're going to knock on the door, lower the base, and I need a quarter minute, I'm going to plug right now. They're going to give it to you. You're going to go run down, you're going to bolt past the security, the guy's going to, the, the usher, can, can I have everything, throw him out of the way, right? You're going to run all the way to the thing, you're going to go, and he says, thank you. How are you going to feel? You're going to feel good, right? You're going to feel good? Somebody you respect, somebody you look up to, needs something from you, Okay? You're going to run and do it, and you're going to feel so good about it. Why? Because you're doing something for them, right? So what he says here is like this, that if we understand and we believe that God exists, and he's up there, and he says, tomorrow morning, right, I want you, because you're a Jew, to put on tefillin, then that should give us the greatest satisfaction and greatest pleasure in the world. Not just if I think about it and I do it properly, that's wonderful, we should try. Not just when I'm in the mood, but you're doing it. What do you mean, I wasn't in the mood? But you did it. If I tell you, do me a favor, okay? I want, I'm, it's six feet of snow outside, I want you to shovel my driveway. And I come home, and you shovel the whole driveway. And I come over to you, and I say, wow, I want to give you $100. You say, nah, man, I, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't in the mood. 
I was complaining about it the whole time. God has a lot of sky for us. And he wants to give us reward for what we do. But a lot of times, we go out and we say, that was nothing. What a waste. I'm about to daven, and I'm not in the mood. So I say, ah, it's a waste. It's not true. What he's saying over here is, the greatest pleasure in the world is what you're going to do, even if you're not in the mood. And therefore, if you start it knowing that, and before you go ahead, and you do the mitzvah, you just think to yourself, whether I'm concentrating or not, whether I know what this means or not, right? Whether I understand this or not, I know one thing. God told me to do it, and guess what? I'm going to do the will of God right now. Mitzivanu. God commanded me, I'm there. That changes all of your mitzvahs from now on. Every time you're about to do a mitzvah, you're about to make a bracha, you're about, and whatever it is, just think to yourself, right now I'm doing God's will. Of course, if you can concentrate, it's even better. If you can think about it and understand what you're doing, even better. But even when you know nothing, you're doing God's will. Okay, that's his, that's his fundamental principle. We said we're going to say a fundamental principle. The fundamental principle is, if I'm going to do the will of God, I should be thrilled to do it and excited to know that I'm doing it, even if I'm not in the mood and even if I don't understand what it is. Did we prove that? That's good? Fine. Now he's just going to say how it affects every part of our life. When you go to Davin, you're not in the mood. You're not going to concentrate on the words. You don't know what the words mean. You're not feeling it, right? Still, what should you feel? This is going to be a waste of a davening. No. He says, You should be filled with joy, the tainug and pleasure. The fact that I am a, a little nothing, and that I'm going to say God's name, and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. You bring yourself to that point. so hard. You're already not feeling it. You're already so like... The reason you're not feeling it, right, makes you down is because you think you need to feel it. But if feeling it is not part of what you need to do, and you're going to get paid for doing it without feeling, then what are you down about? If I told you, do it and feel it, so now I'm not feeling it, I'm nothing. But if I tell you, do it and don't feel it, then what are you down about? You're right now earning money. You're doing the shoveling. Even if you're not in the mood. That's what his point is. And when you remember that before you do it, you got to give a little smile. you got to give a little smile. Wow, I'm going to do what God wants. He said, put on the phone, put on the phone. Amazing. God said to do something. I have an example for you. Tell me if you like it. Imagine that the, the daughter of the richest king, king of Saudi Arabia, whatever it is, she's visiting America. Huh? Kuwait. Kuwait. She's the richest? Okay. Princess of Kuwait comes to America. She's seven, 18 years old, 19 years old. She's single. And you find out, you have a friend that's working in a hotel, she's staying in this hotel in the penthouse suite, right? And you decide that you got to get to know her. You want to marry her. You want her to like you. Okay? So, let's say I arrange an appointment for you. You're going to have ten minutes. Okay? What in the world are you going to give her that she needs? What are you going to buy? Are you going to go to 7-Eleven? You're going to say, give me the most expensive... Slurpee, <laughs> mochaccino that you have. You're going to spend your entire paycheck of $50 or $200, whatever you're making, no, right? All she wants to hear is, I love you. That's it. But she doesn't know you. You don't have a relationship with her. Yeah, but we're If you not. get in that room and you say, Hi, Princess of Kuwait. No. I love you. When <laughs> okay. I say, <laughs> when I say huh? she's going to want me when I just say it. Yeah, That's I wouldn't try that on the first day, okay? <laughs> Okay? What are you going to buy her? What are you going to give her? She has everything. You'll sell your parents' house and you'll buy her a $100,000 diamond. Guess what? Why would you do that? You want to impress her. Yeah, she has it already. 
Exactly. Even that won't work. So why do that? Say buy her one rose for a dollar at the Chinese person mm -hmm. at the National Park. She has that already. So the point is that you can't connect to somebody if you don't know what they want. If you're going out with a regular girl and you don't know what she likes, you're not going to be able to build a relationship. Hashem doesn't need anything from us. But He wants us to be able to have the opportunity to build a relationship with Him. So how can we build a relationship without the Torah? The Zohar says, Zohar says that the reason Hashem gave us 613 mitzvahs is the 613 eitzahs. What's an eitzah? Advice, a helpful hint, how to connect to God. Because otherwise we'd never be able to connect to God. And your heart and your mind is atumim. What's atumim? Shut. You ever come Shabbos, you say Shabbos is supposed to be the holiest day of the week, right? And I know it's something, but I'm not feeling anything. Does that ever happen to you? So when Shabbos comes, and it's Fashtabt, it's closed. Without any enlightenment of the mind, the rikshayalev and any feelings in the heart. You're not feeling anything. So what should you do? What's your advice? What would you do? He says, first of all, have the attitude. A love, it's on you. Think about how lucky you are that we merited to a concept of Shabbos. That Goyim don't have this. And God did this. It's between you and me. This girl from princesses, every day, once a week, it's going to be just you and me. No bodyguards, nobody else, no TV, nothing. I want to spend one day a week with you. It's special, right? Right. That's what Shabbos is. It's a connection between us and God. We should be happy with Shemesh Shabbos. Pirish, it means, to be happy just who can compare to the fact that we get to spend the day with God? They should fill us with joy. And a bren. How do you say that? Islahavas? Fire. Huh? Fire. Fire, like a, yeah. A drive. A drive, good. Tremendous pleasure. So you're telling me that you're not in the mood of this? You don't have to be in the mood of this. You're about to get a gift. So when you come into Shabbos, it's not about your mood, it's not about understanding everything, it's not about even anything else other than the fact that right now, I am lucky enough to be part of this group. Now, the next paragraph is going to blow you away. Why? Now listen to what he says. Is until now we spoke about when it comes to doing a mitzvah, when it comes to Shabbos, that even if you're not in the mood, you should be thrilled that you're doing the Ratzon Hashem. Listen to the next words. It's worth it to look inside. If not, you get your money back. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get your money back. If you, if, if you don't appreciate the next six lines. This is the same thing when it comes to Surmeira. What's Surmeira? Keeping away from bed. Which means not doing Averis. Listen to this. So too when God says don't do something and you're dealing, you're struggling. Even if you're standing fighting a terrible, strong, bitter war with the Yetzir Hara. Because the Yetzir Hara grabbed you. And in a Shvera war, in a difficult war, Anybody here ever see any wars? Any footage? Right? Huh? There's no such thing as getting into a fight with somebody who's a tough opponent and walking away without any scratches. 
you're going to get hit. No question about it. You're in a difficult war, you're going to get hit. <coughs> even though you're getting hit, you're, in, you're fully thrilled. You feel fortunate. That you merited to be from the few people in the world that are fighting in order to try to keep God's will. That you are from the chosen people. That God chose you out of the entire world. That we are those who are fortunate enough to try to be Mekayim to fulfill the Ratz in Hashem. What did he just say? Uh, he said that the same principle applies also to not doing bad as opposed to just when you do a mitzvah and you're not doing it right. It also applies to when you're fighting your not to, to not do something bad, you're also just for doing that. You should feel special when you're fighting. Even if you're... Even if you're... This is key. Even if you're... Family. Ah! He didn't say that. He said that you're fighting this guy and you're getting hit. What does that mean spiritually? If you're getting hit, what does that mean? He's trying to get you to do something and you're not saying, no, goodbye. That's not a Mokham Akasha. You're in a situation. Something he's not, you're fighting him on a daily basis or whatever, however long this is. And you're losing. You're getting hit. You might win at the end. You might lose at the end. How do you feel in the middle of this battle? Like, thank you. So happy somebody thought of what I was thinking. I was thinking a different word, but whatever. Yeah, it is. Right? This is the, this is the kind of class that we can be honest with each other. So you do the Avera, and you say, I'm not going to do it again, and you're doing it again, and you're fighting, and the whole time that you're fighting, you're a hero... Because you're fighting for the will of God, okay? And yet you feel like you don't have to. Okay? Listen to what he's saying. Let me give you an example. Let's say we really like each other. And all of a sudden, I'm, I go outside for a cigarette. Okay? And I'm outside, and four big, huge guys, okay? Four huge guys surround me, and I start screaming, Somebody help me! Somebody help me! Okay? and public school is being let out, and 4,000 people are walking the opposite direction, not getting involved, okay? They don't care. I'm going, somebody help me, somebody help me, and any one of you cares about me, sees what's going on, and says, I'm going to go help you, and you come in, and they beat the living daylights out of you, and you lose. Are you a loser, or are you a hero? How am I going to feel towards you? There's millions of people who don't care about what God says. They don't care. They do whatever they want. Okay? But they don't care about what God wants. The few people here in this room, we care. That's why you feel bad. If you didn't care, you wouldn't feel bad. So what happens? Yitzhahara says, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're away from God, God hates you, you're a loser. And he takes that whole opportunity when you're being a hero, just for fighting, just for showing up, just for showing up to the fight. To get knocked in the face, again, you're a hero in God's eyes. Because you're trying. Again, the same thing applies when fighting bad. That even when you're standing in a machama, in a war against the Yitzhahara, and he grabs you, and you're fighting with him, and, in a, and, and this is very understanding words, and in a tough war, come on guys, let's be honest, in a tough war, 
You don't just win and walk away. You get hit. You get knocked around. Maybe in the end you'll win. Maybe in the end you'll lose. But during that war, you get knocked around. Still, you should really feel amazing. You should be thrilled that you merited to fight for God's will. God says, don't do this and this. You're struggling with it. But the whole struggle means that you care. means that you're fighting for God's will. The fact that you're being beaten up, that's not the point. That means he's stronger than you. But why do you show up? Wrestling match, okay? Wrestling match, you get into the ring, boom. Tomorrow night you get in the ring, boom. Why do you show up? Because you care. Getting paid for it. It's not a joke. That's why we fight. And that's what he's telling you. You're getting paid for it. We don't get paid for victory. In a different place, maybe one day we'll get there. Nesiva Shalom says, nobody ever demanded victory. God said, I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. I'm going to send you a Yetzirah to fight you. I don't care whether you win or lose. I just want you to fight. Right. Are you trying? Then you're a hero. Yeah. Are you trying? Then you're a hero. Are you trying? Of course you're trying. Because if you weren't trying, why would you be at a shear now? You could be doing 10,000 of errors all at once. And if you need help to find out where and what, I'm sure the guys here could hook you up. You don't have to do a there. Well, not either do good or do bad. But you might as well, if you don't care. You might as well just do whatever you want. Yagi, if I'm getting attacked outside by four huge guys, and I'm screaming help, okay. are you going to come out and help me? Of course. What happens if they knock the living daylights out of you, bleeding on the floor when it's over? Are you going to feel good or bad? Are you going to think you did the right thing? Yes. Hashem sent us the Sahar where we are going to be faced with challenges that we are going to lose. But we are choosing to fight. <coughs> Correct? You're doing it because you want to do the right thing. You're doing it because God said. Otherwise, why are you trying? Okay? So when you have the Sahara to do something that you know is bad, and you're struggling, and you're losing, and you're trying to win, He said you feel very bad. Usually we do. He's saying... Be happy that you're fighting, that you're in the game, that you're trying to do the will of God. Showing up to fight for God means you're a hero. Yeah, but if in you God's go, eyes, if you just go, showing up. If you go again and you're getting beaten up again, you're losing. Yeah. Then you're a fool because you didn't learn from your mistake. No. You're fighting the same guy. No, no, no. <laughs> Not a fool. You're a hero that you showed up again, knowing that you could just walk the other way. But again, you're going to fight because you care. And the fact that you lost just means the other guy's stronger than you. No, so what? If the other guy beat it, beat you very badly, I mean, almost you're dead, and you're going back there again, yeah. then you're a fool because the next time he's going to probably kill you. Okay, you know, so why are you going back? <laughs> so why are you going back? I'm not talking about learning the tactics and winning. I'm talking about going and knowing tomorrow. Yeah, go back to do it again. The same. I'm going to lose. Right, and he does the left. You're going to lose. And it's a waste. Is it a waste against the Sahara? How many times do you fight the same Sahara again and again? And okay, again, and every time, every time, yeah, let's say it's hard. How do you feel when you lose? Zone? If you know pick that, you pick any the next any, time. Any, any, he's talking about Averis here. Let, he's talking about Averis here. Pick an Avera. Pick an Avera. Pick an Avera. Go ahead. I think you have a better imagination than I do. Oh, mine, it definitely is. <laughs> you the okay, you know what? Everyone pick the Avera of their choice, but don't think about it in the base manager because we're not allowed to think about Averis now, okay? Whatever the Averis that you're going to struggle with, you know, don't think about it. The next time you have an Avera that you're struggling with, probably not going to be the first time you're struggling. Instead of feeling bad when you lose, try your best and say, wow, in God's eyes, I'm a hero. I'm trying. That's the point. Wow. No, no, no. 
Listen. You have to do it. You have to fight the Sahara. You have to win. And you have to get smarter and smarter. And you have to win. He's talking about that on the part that you can't, on the part that you did everything and that you failed, and we all have that, that instead of feeling like, what was the rest? I forgot. Instead of feeling like that, he says that even on that part that you tried everything and you couldn't, you should be thrilled that you're fighting for God. You're, you're out there getting whacked in the head. Some, some, some punches you block, some punches you can't. When you get hit in the face, realize, I'm showing up to fight. Yes, I got my teeth knocked down. So I'm going to come back like tomorrow. Good. Okay, so you so will you never think. sit again for the rest of your life. And you don't That's need this. True. I will. Why? And I will do it repeatedly. And so tell. when you fall, while you're learning to overcome, and while you're figuring out all the moves, and you fall, feel good that you're fighting for God. Now let's go fast. And therefore, going back to mitzvah. And you say, Asher Kedushan of of God, you made me holy, and you commanded me to do this. You don't know anything about it, you don't understand this mitzvah. God says in the Bible, gather species, and you don't know one thing. Let me ask you a question, Baruch. Why the heck are you gathering species? Because God told me. Very good. So he says like this, We believe. If I don't understand all it says in the halacha, yeah, and the Kabbalah, let me finish, let me finish, hang on, hang on, hang on, and I don't understand why do I got to shake the gather this way and gather that way, and why do I got to do this, I don't know, but what do I know? I know that God said, this is what I want you to do, and he has his reasons. Listen to what he says. Yeah, but for example, with, even with gathering the species, there's a purpose that God's telling you to gather the species. Do you know what it is? To, to remember the season. Do you know that what it is? Season. But do you really understand the purpose of every mitzvah? Not that. It's not, it's not a... Can. Exactly. But listen to what he's going to say. When you do something because God said to do it, you should learn why God said to do it. And you should understand that. But we know that the Tzadikim knew much more of God. They studied a month of why. How much time do we study? Ten minutes, an hour. We don't really know all the reasons, but we should try to. Yes. But what about when we're doing something and we don't understand what it is? I could tell you that we can learn a hundred hours of why tzitzis, why we should wear tzitzis, right? We should learn a hundred hours. But until you put in that time then I feel like I'm not really understanding the mitzvah. I'm not really getting the mitzvah. Listen to what he says. <laughs> Through this understanding, you get to the root of the mitzvah. Now, one second, I want to be very clear. Let's say over here, there's a level one, two, ten, okay, all the way up. The tzaddik of the generation, he knows all the mukubalim, all the tzaddikim, of Shema Bayechai, Moshe Rabbeinu, they know the highest of the highest reasons of everything. We know very, very little no, of everything. No, that's what you put yourself to know. But you are the same level as a Sadiq. Okay. You but we don't spend the time on it, and we don't really know. Like, for example, okay, eating matzah. We know the basic reason, because that's why it came out of Mitzrayim. But we know that there are higher reasons. So we think that if we do it on a simple level, that I'm really not reaching the highest level. But the Siva Shalom is saying, when you do it on the simplest level, you can get to the root of the mitzvah the same as knowing everything. By knowing that I don't know what it is, but I know that God knows what He's doing, and I'm doing this purely for God, okay? That pure thing, that is the shavish of the mitzvah. That is the root of the mitzvah. What comes out of this? What comes out of this? A 
of course we have to know what we're doing. And of course we have to understand what we're doing. But somebody who knows all the reasons, and is doing it for all the reasons, and you take another guy who's doing it, I have no idea what I'm doing, I just know God said do this, God said lift this soda can, I'm lifting the soda can. It could be that that is more pure, pure following the will of God, than the guy who says God said lift the soda can, because I'm supposed to lift the three tachem. You can reach the deepest and the highest levels of something, without knowing any of the reasons, because the real deep, real root of every mitzvah is, God said to do it, I'm going to do it. According to what we said, even in a time that a Jew feels totally closed up inside, and he cannot get himself to think clearly and to feel, and he thinks into his heart, Why does this look to God? He's probably spitting at my tefillah. He's spitting at my tefillin. He's spitting at me. He says, ah, this guy's not doing anything. This thinking, it's a mistake from the beginning. Because God would never ever feel that way. So what Why? The guy's thinking to himself, and God comes to Mincha, you're supposed to dive him with Kavana. You should try. But once in a while, maybe, you're not going to be so in the mood. So you're going to go like this. You're going to meet your friend. You say, how was Mincha? Nothing. He says that's the Eight Sahara. Because in God's eyes, that whole thinking that you did nothing is wrong. You just prayed to God. You did the best you could. You have to continue and you should be better. And before you start, you should try to concentrate. But as long as you're doing the best you can, as long as you're showing up to fight, you're a hero. That's the point of this piece for tonight. And the point is that everything you do, anything you're going to do that is God's will, say one thing to, before you do it. Just say one word. Vitzivanu. God commanded me to do this. Why am I doing this? God, if I tell you, okay, I'm going to give you $1,000, I want you to jump. And you jump. And a guy says, I didn't really mean to jump. I didn't. But you jumped. You get paid. God said, do. So when it comes to anything that's God's will, we're going to dive a marath now. I'm not in the mood. I am in the mood. I'm concentrating. I'm not concentrating. I am doing what God wants. That's a fantastic feeling. And when it comes to fighting the Sahara. We all have struggles. Some we lose, some we win. You've got to fight your best. But when you're losing, think to yourself, why am I feeling so bad? Because I'm losing. Why am I even fighting? Because I care about God. Wow, I'm lucky that I'm from one half of one percent of the people in the world that actually care to try to fight for doing the right thing for God.